Hello there, welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham. So Jekyll and Hyde week for Tottenham here. Dire performance against Manchester United at Old Trafford and then right back on form against Burnley Saturday three days later. So the two types of Tottenham that we've been accustomed to for the last five years, both on show within the space of three days. Uh, so I'll be talking about those games, my views on that. Uh, and then the buying game is I think either on Tuesday, I think Tuesday this week. Uh, in the Champions League, which is a complete rubber game. They can only finish first, we can only finish second, win, lose or draw. Uh, but it's a good chance to put the youngsters, fringe players, on show. Let's talk about that. Uh, I chose to do all of that in, in one because I've had this cold bug that's been going around all week. Uh, so I've got a bit of a sore throat and a cough. So if I start coughing and choking, you know why. Um, so yeah, uh, and again, uh, any questions that you have opinions of my opinions anything you'd like me to talk about twitter handle at l talk tottenham and i'll try and answer those uh, until then let's talk tottenham so the first game was last wednesday so i'm sure you all know the very disappointing 2-1 loss at old trafford to man united uh before the game i was partly confident that we could go there and win that based on our recent attacking displays and man united's defensive woes um but it looked to me like the attitude was all over the place, really. Uh, Man United wanted it more, so they thoroughly deserved their win. Uh, Rashford was by far and away the man of the match, one of the easiest man of the match decisions you'll see. Um, he could have had a hat-trick. Um, but the, the lack of closing down, for me, was very alarming. Uh, I mean, Rashford, very good for his goal. He's able to just ghost in. Uh, and then when he's hit the bar... Like there's you fit a jumbo jet between him and the nearest Spurs player, and then it doesn't get any better because no one moves. Um, the first goal, Gazaniga should be saving that. Like, I'm firmly of the opinion you shouldn't be beating at your near post. I'm also of the opinion if you get your hand to the ball, unless it's like an absolute rocket and you've literally got like a, a fingernail to it, if you get a good hand to it, you should be keeping it out. Which I'll let him off though because he hasn't made that many mistakes. And he is still quite young, but it's a learning curve for him. He's got to cut those mistakes out. Uh, the penalty is nothing he could do with that. Like, what Sissoko is thinking, I have no idea. Like, people say, I've seen that Rashford dive and it was a dodgy penalty. Like, if that was the other way around and Kane or Ali going forward and that challenge came in, you'd be begging him to go down. It was a penalty. It may be soft. But it is a penalty, and it's a stupid, stupid challenge from Sissoko. Like Rashford, all he can do is go down the wing and then cross it, and we had a good defensive shape, and there are plenty of people in the box. Has to be a pretty good cross or, or, or a really good run and a good spot from Rashford to cause us any problems. So it's just a rush of blood to the head from Sissoko. I expect that on that side from Orvia, but Sissoko, yeah, I'm not sure what he was doing. And though saying there wasn't contact, he trod on his foot, trod on his toe, you know, so he's perfectly within his rights, Rashford, I think, to go down. And it, I wouldn't say it's a dead cert penalty, but like, dead cert is if someone takes someone's legs out. But it was a clear, clear penalty, in my view, anyway. Um, but it, it was just the lack of closing, closing them down and letting them play. Like, they played well, let's make no mistake about it. They played well, and their front four caused us all sorts of problems. Uh, my friend was saying that they were set up like that and blah, 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 which they are set up like that, but that's because they're, they're their threat. Like, 
Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer is not a tactical genius. I'll, I'll never, ever admit to thinking that, I don't think. He's not a tactical genius. But he's clever enough to know what their strength is, which is pace and attack and counter-attack. But if you're closing them down and the midfield are closing them down as well, it's not just the midfield closing down. It has to kind of start from the front, from Kane, closing the defenders down. Then the midfielders push up and close down the next wave and then the next wave and so on. So it has to be everybody. Um, and and without that, that you know, we've stood off. You know, I've said about Rashford's uh, post shot, uh, bar shot. Like, there's so much space for him to get the ball, run into, run into, get the ball, control it, turn, look up, wind his foot back, and then hit it. Like, you know, I mean, if you let him get into the space, that's fine, but you should never let him turn. So it's just terrible, and that that was all game. Uh, the passing is just was, I mean, you know, when I was playing football at ten years old, if our team was passing like that, I think our manager would have been disgusted. And we, you know, we were amateur kids. Like this is fully paid Premiership footballers who couldn't pass the ball. Even Kane was all off. It got a little bit better when Eriksson came on. But again, the the attitude was all wrong, and there was no running. And I, I I think as well, if your attitude is to defend, or or it's a negative attitude, you know, if if you're still in the game with about fifty minutes, sixty minutes gone, then then you can change it, and and you know, because you've got something to hold on to, or or, or something in it, then you you'll you'll be all right. But you have that negative attitude. I think they thought that they'd turn up and just win because Man United's recent form, but like you know. Is, it, you know, it's not a team that's in a relegation battle. It's a team who are fighting for European places and have got that firepower up there. So you can't be, you can't let any team be seen as like that. But you know, Man United at Old Trafford, absolutely criminal. But if you concede an early goal and you've got that negative attitude, the other team, especially if they're at home and you're the away team, the other team will firmly be, you know, buoyed by that. The fans will be. Fully behind their team, and then you know it's very, very difficult for you to then change your mindset and suddenly go, okay, we'll we'll be a bit more positive now, because you're lacking in a little conf- little confidence anyway, because you've just conceded the goal. You're under the cosh already after only six minutes. The other team are fully buoyed. Like Man City saw that yesterday, uh, but the difference with Man City is they've been in that situation before because you know teams play counter attack against them all the time. So they they don't panic. They just do their stuff, and and throughout the whole game they could pass. And they've got Kevin De Bruyne in their team. Which, if you can't pass as a team and you've got him in your team, then there's there's problems. But as they showed when Mourinho was managing United for large periods, anyway, their defence is solid. And and McTominay in midfield, very. He, he, I I don't watch him that much, obviously, because I don't watch Man United that much. But he looks like a dependable midfielder there. He's there to do a job, and he does his job well. He's there to protect Pete, the the defence, and then get forward when the opportunity arises, and he does it very well. Um. So yeah, so they defended. They got Maguire there. They've got a leader there now, in defence. A Wambasaka, even at Crystal Palace, is probably counting one hand in that one season he played there. How many like wingers got past him? Again, you know. 
And it's up to us to, to, you know, if a team's sitting back to seize the initiative, you know they're playing on counter-attack. You know they're going to play that 90 minutes for 90 minutes, let alone for, you know, 45 minutes when we're trying to put them under pressure. And and I just thought we'd never look like scoring. And, and obviously the goal that we did score was, wasn't well worked. It was just a piece of wonderful skill. You can question the defending there, but I think the way the ball's gone, it's looped up from a from a good save from De Gea. I always think with a goalkeeper, it's, it, it, the, the measure of a goalkeeper isn't necessarily how many saves he makes, it's where he puts the saves. Like Jordan Pickford, I, I'm not sure about him. He's a good shot stopper, but I think some of the times he, he palms it straight back into harm's way. Whereas David De Gea there, whether more luck by judgment, but but how he's played in the last few seasons, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and call it judgment. But I think it was Orvio, it was a cross come shot, who's obviously fizzed it in in the hope that it causes confusion and can go anywhere. But De Gea's got his foot on it, and then he's, like I said, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's made sure he's ballooned that up so that the United players can see where it is and then regroup and reposition. And I would think they thought that. Ali would try and control it and then pass it back to someone outside the box to have a blast. Um, so he's caught them all unaware. It's a beautiful piece of skill. The, the deafness to make sure he hasn't flicked it too hard. A slight question mark. It brushed his arm, but completely accidental. So VAR, I think, right not to give that. I mean, that, that Man City third goal, which got disallowed. That was, I know that's the rule, but it's a stupid rule. So that, that goal should always have stood. But yeah, with Ali's goal... Definitely right to stand that. And you you think, you know, you played absolutely terribly in that half. You've got to go back somehow. You're going in at half-time one all. Right, have a chat at half-time. And then come out and then play properly in the second half. And then it nothing changed. Man United on the front foot. Rashford causing problems. Soko with a stupid challenge, like I said. Uh, and then Man United sat back a little bit when Eriksen came on. And we started to pl- pass it around, but there was no real movement for him. There was one bit as well. I think Undombele, who actually looked quite good when he came on driving runs, but I'm, I'm worried a little bit about his fitness. He can't seem to manage a full game. But when he does come on, he looks good. But there was one bit, he, I think it was him who tried to pass to Sun, and it was slightly behind him. And then Sun, very unlike him, just gives up and just stands there. And it was Ali who sprinted off to try and get it, but it, it had too much pace and it went out for a throw. That that's not like sun at all. So that tells me it's something to do with attitude. Even absolutely shattered sun runs. He may not be as quick and may not be able to sprint as bigger distances as he used to when he's like fit and not tired. But he 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 keeps running, and so see him not running just says to me, you know. It just says to me that there was an attitude problem there. Sissoko's admitted as well. I don't know why you'd ever admit this in public. That the, the team ignored Mourinho's tactics to close them down. Like, firstly, a why are you ignoring the manager's, you know, tactics? But that's part of his job, surely, to analyse the team, come up with a plan with his 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 back backroom team to decide how you go about the game, what your tactics are, how you impress them, how you go forward, how you defend. So to then just go, mm, no, we'll just ignore it and do our own thing. What the fuck are you doing? So on Wednesday, that said to me that the problem this season hasn't been Pochettino at all. It's been the players. You know? And 
you know, I thought possibly it could have been a motivational problem. Like, you know, Poch has been there for five and a half years. It's kind of still singing from the same hymn sheet. So the players had got a little bit demotivated. But then you get a new manager come in as has changed the tide a little bit, you know. Got you winning. And then you just ignore him. The fuck are you doing? You listen to the manager, surely. And then secondly, why the fuck are you saying that in a bloody public newspaper or on public on Twitter? the fuck are you doing? It just undermines the manager for a start. Makes you look like an arse and the rest of the team. And it's just completely unprofessional. Um, so yeah, so a lot of problems there. Uh, it was the first real test as well and we just didn't turn up. So, But in, in a way, it is a, there is a positive to it. It shows Mourinho exactly what he's dealing with there with the lack of winning mentality, as he says. And I loved his comment at the end where he said, after the game where he said, I've seen a lot of sad players in there, but if you lose, you can't be sad. You've got to be angry. That's a winning mentality. Hopefully that's what he can drum in. And there was a clip of uh, Ali being taken off yesterday, uh, not yesterday, Saturday in the Burnley game and not happy with his performance, slabbing his boot on the floor. That's good. That's an angry attitude that I haven't played as well as I could have done. Not sad and like, mm, I'll play better next time. That's angry. I should have played better. That's got to be Mourinho rubbing off. But why you don't follow the tactics? And 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 also on that point, you know how Man United are going to play. They're going to try and soak up the pressure and then ping it for the, the front four. So why you're not closing them down to try and stop that ball getting to that front? Anyway. But yeah, I, I just think, I think the attitude was all wrong. And like I said, like if we'd have managed to get to half-time, you know, Maybe under the cost, but still in the game, like in terms of not losing, then it's easier to change your mentality and, and everything like that. But the fact that, you know, 1 0 down after six minutes, very difficult. And then, you know, the passing did get a little bit better after half time. And then Rashford goes and scores his penalty, but I think about four minutes in. And then the same thing happens. And it was only like, I, I, I said on Twitter, and I stand by this, that, you know, Man United played well, but we let them play well. We we gave them too much respect, too much space to dictate how they wanted to play. But the way we got back into the game, make no mistake, is that Man United stopped playing like that and they let us play and dictate the game when Eriksen came on. So it was a game of two halves like that. The fact that we couldn't pass at all, if Man United kept playing like they were in the first half, Rashford would have got a hat-trick. They'd have got God knows how many more chances. You know, Obviously, it's good management by... Uh, Solskjaer then and it turned out to be good management because they won but um, to try not to go too gung-ho knowing that likelihood Tottenham would try and come for it bring some reinforcements on but United sat back let us have the ball and they played even more on the counter-attack rather than on the counter-attack but slightly more direct in the first half Um, so yeah so uh, I think if we'd have closed them down and had a correct attitude from the start, I think it would have been a very different game. And and that's what these teams have been doing to Man United, like the Villas and the Sheffield United. They've been closing them down, not letting them play. And then they get flustered and they haven't really got a plan B. And Man United's big problem in, you know, beating Man City is a phenomenal result. And City looks so susceptible to that counter-attack and the pace. Um, And then, you know... Half time, Man United then sit back. No City will come on them, and it's up to City to take the initiative and create those chances. And they didn't really look like scoring. And that's a credit to United. But the United's problem is the same problem that we 
have had in the past. Against the top teams who, who try and attack you and leave spaces, you can cause them problems if you're a counter-attacking team. It's the teams that come to you or, or you go to them who are, who are lower in the table and play a counter-attacking game themselves. Because if you, you know, don't really have that player like a, like a De Bruyne who can spot a pass and ping a 50-yard pass because he's injured, and that's Pogba. So they rely on teams attacking them and then you know the Martials, Rashford, James, can, Lingards can cause all sorts of problems with their pace and directness. Uh, so, and, and by stepping off is essentially the same thing even though you're sitting deep because you're letting them have the space, you're letting them face up and then they can knock it past you, run it past you and be direct that way. The, the way to stop Man United, and we've seen it because teams have done that to us, is to close them down, not let them play. But anyway, so that was that game. Very, very disappointing. I was actually out during the day. Missed the first half, but watched the highlights. Uh, missed the first half and then rushed back to get to watch the second half. And I'm pretty upset that I managed to do that. I wish I'd have missed it. Uh, but anyway, luckily the week got better. So after the real disappointment of one result... And we've talked about that. Uh, I'll take a break. Call it half time. Uh, so I'm going to get a drink, I think, and some cough medicine and throat sweets because uh, my throat is getting sore again. Uh, and then I'll be back in a minute. And we're back. Uh, so we've talked about the dire performance this week. Uh, speaking of that as well, and no pun intended, but he wasn't playing against Man United, and I'm not sure why. Uh, I do think with him playing, even though he's not completely match fit, with with him playing, we do have that security and backup in front of the defence, and he doesn't shy away from a challenge, so and that becomes infectious. Uh, he, start, he started against Burnley, uh, and then, in my eyes anyway, it's no surprise that we start like a house on fire, but let so we've talked about the awful performance. Let's talk about the good one. There's only really one place to start. That goal by Sun. Uh, okay, so n- not like a Maradona goal in the World Cup because it was against like you know a team of defenders who who was short of confidence, and it's not a World Cup. That's the biggest stage of them all. Uh, but it was very similar in the sense that it was in his own half where he started, ran all the way to the end, and put the ball in the back of the net. But what I would say it was terrible defending and what, what you'd be wanting as a coach as soon as he either got into a, a bit of a sprint or went past the first one take him out around the halfway line take one for the team um, but having said that you still don't expect someone to go on a run like that absolutely superb and the composure at the end just made it look even better I think just wait for the keeper to move dinked it over the top of him and then wheeled away in celebration Um he he's capable of that. Like I think he's deceptively quick. We know he's quick, but I I don't think we realise he was that quick, lightning quick there. But you know, it, or or was it that quick? He's just quick, and then the defense defense was just and midfield was just all over the place and sluggish. But he seemed to just race through them. But it was a fantastic turn of pace when he got the ball, looked up to try and make a pass. Ali's made that run and given him the space to be able to run into. And he's either thought, okay, well, no one's making a run, I'll have to do something myself. 
oh, we just seen that gap that Ali's allowed and just thought, oh, let's have a go with 2-0 up. Um, but yeah, a- absolutely superb. Like, like Rodney Marsh said on Twitter that if Messi scored that, we'd be talking about it for the next 30 years. Then uh, ignore my tweet when I said we'll talk about it then. Um, but the thing is, Messi does that pretty much on a weekly basis or goes on a run like that. So it's become accustomed to him. And But the, the one thing that I will say is I'm sure Messi has done it against the top, top teams. But he, a lot of his goals, and Ronaldo as well, like just absolutely battered and destroyed the weaker teams in, in La Liga. Which you can say that Burnley are one of the weaker teams because they've had a really bad run of results. So they're more to, towards the bottom than the top. Um, but yeah, it was just... Like Messi and Ronaldo in that league tear most teams apart. Certainly the weaker teams. So that's where they get their hat tricks and all sorts and, and stuff like that. Harry Kane does that against the weaker teams, certainly in previous seasons. So... To say that Harry Kane doesn't do it against the big teams when he scores hat-tricks against weak teams, it's very unfair when, you know, Ronaldo and Messi are doing that in the league every week. Uh, but what they do is they do score the occasional hat-trick and goals against the top teams as well, more often than not, which is something Kane needs to work on. But then he needs a service. Um, But yeah, like, but in terms of the ball control to his feet, when it needed to be, when he first started running, then then the gaps opened up. He knocks it into the gap, runs into it, like, and then the one that he played on the outside of his right foot before the last touch that took him into the box. It's quite clever that I think because he, he's he's drawn the defender out, thinking that the, the defender thinking that he can get it, and then Son with his pace has just nicked it before him and then gone into the box, and then he's run across the defender so he can't touch him. Otherwise, it's a penalty. And then he just puts it in. Absolutely fantastic. And he was unplayable. I watched the uh, the full match on it was Sky Sports game of the day. He was unplayable. Everything that first half, certainly. Everything that first half went through to him on the left. And, and every time he had the ball, he was faced up with a defender one-on-one. Set up more of his goal. I know he didn't get the assist because someone headed it in. But it, that was all him. Face up. They were backing off, backing off. And then he, little turn of pace, into the box, bang, in. He had other chances like that where he just turn a pace and they're so terrified of touching him in case he goes, because he'll go down and it'll be a foul penalty. But it's poor defending, really. You've got to engage him there. He might skip past you, which I'm I'm assuming is why they don't do that. But you can't just stand off of him, back off, back off, and then let him get into the box. But anyway, that's a mention on Sana. He deserves a special mention for that goal, I think. But aside from his brilliance there and superb solo play, the game was a complete contrast to the Man United game. And it's what happens when teams sit back. I mentioned like United struggle against those teams. When teams sit back, the value of getting an early goal just just alleviates all the pressure from the, the, the home team, makes the other team nervous, and it just settles the crowd down and everybody down. And then we've got two inside 10 minutes. So you could argue the game was done after 10 minutes. We did create a, lose a few chances. Um, I think Chris Wood is good in the air. Always causes us problems there. Was it him who headed against the bar? Or was it Rodriguez? I can't remember. But the, the shot that hit the bar and then bounced down to the foot of the post. No, it was Rodriguez. And then uh, 
Wood has tried to follow up and Sanchez has done well to get rid of it. Um, so we've got to be careful of that because, uh, you know, better strikers, clinical strikers. I mean, if he, he won't play on Tuesday, but Lewandowski would have gobbled that up. So we've got to be careful. And that, that would have then made it nervous again 2-1 when we were completely on top before Sun's masterpiece. Um, although, having said that, I do think we would have scored more of anyway. Just because their defence was so terrible and we were completely on the front foot. Uh, Kane, <laughs> not often he's overshadowed in the goal scoring ranks, but a fantastic finish from him. And, and doing what we never used to do under Pochettino that much, which was shoot from range. You know, you always used to, you know, adopt your system, play it into the box and, and everything like that, which is good. But if teams are sat back... And they know that's what you've got to do. It's easy for them to defend against because they just have to keep their shape. Unless you're playing like that and playing at 100 miles an hour, which, again, we never used to do. So having shots and pot shots like that, it just gives them something else to think about. And it's, you know, he has done it before, Kane, so you know he can. And, and you know, even if the keeper saves it, it gives him something to do. You know, it's a shot on target, a good shot on target. Gives the crowd something to hold on to and, and focus on. G's them up. You know, and and, it, and it's a good start, you know. The, f the fact that it flew in, like, you can say the keeper shouldn't be beaten in the near post, but that's one where it was past him before he even moved the keeper. So there's no way you can attribute that to him. Uh, it's not like he, you know, stood over the other side of the goal and said to Kane, here you are, it, it's, I know where you're going now. It was just a brilliant, brilliant connected finish. Um, and Kane was superb as well. The through ball to Aurier for a cross that didn't come to anything was fantastic. The vision there was Ericsson-like vision. Uh, he put Ali through, which is a simple pass. Uh, but sometimes strikers who have got a goal and want more goals can try and take people on and do too much. But he's an easy pass. Ali, I think he was... If Sun wasn't there, Ali would have scored... I think he was caught in two minds. I think he saw some there. He, was trying, he didn't realise that the defender was coming in. So it was good defending there to get that challenge in. And not foul him as well because it was a tackle from behind. But I think if Sun isn't there, Ali does it himself, scores. But I think Sun being there put the doubt in Ali's mind whether he should go for it himself. And if he misses... It was an easier pass, or if he should have passed. <laughs> In the end, he should have just shot or passed earlier. Um, so maybe when I was talking about Ali frustrated on the bench, maybe it was, it, that was in the back of his mind. But he has been superb, Ali, so I'll let him off that. And I'd much rather someone makes a mistake like that in a game that will win 5-0 rather than in a close game where it's the, the difference between winning and drawing or winning and losing. Um. But yeah, Kane, absolutely superb. Like when when he's on that kind of form and he's allowed to come deep because you've got Ali to run past him. I think that's where Ali is, is at his best when he's he's running forward. Not not playing on the wing, not not playing in the middle as a kind of holding role. It's when he's allowed to like Frank Lampard esque join into the attack, make his late runs, run past the striker who comes deep, run past the striker or join the striker to make a two up top. And his runs are difficult to pick up because, you know, the midfielder picks him up and goes with him. Then there's a massive gap left. Uh, 
you know, the midfielder palms it off to the defender. You know, that's someone else that, that has occupied a defender there, so other people run forward. And, and that's where Ali is at his best. And and Mourinho has obviously seen that and and he's playing to Ali's strength, so it's no surprise that Ali's flourishing under Mourinho. Um I think Pochettino knew that and I think it's unfair to say that he didn't. But I think he, he was his downfall a little bit in that area was the fact that he had so many midfielders and he had to try and fit them all in. Um Le Celso, I worry about him. I not getting any game time. I know people want him to play and all that, but it's going to take him a little while to get used to the the, the flow of the Premier League anyway. Uh, and with <laughs> that front four, you know, Kane, Son, Mora, Ali, he's not getting in any time soon. He'll play in the Champions League, I've no doubt about that. So it's just, you know, he's got to make that opportunity count. But he, even then, I, I would expect in the league for to be that, traditional front four that we've seen in the last few games and you know Morva scored again Son scored again Kane scored again Ali didn't this time uh, but he has in the previous game so you know you can't really have a case to chuck one of them out because they're all scoring and contributing to goals and if they're not scoring they're assisting so they're all playing their part at the moment so you can't because that front four picks itself at the moment. So unless there's an injury, I don't see Le Celso getting in, if I'm being honest. And whenever he gets back, Lamella in, in, in that front four. So I think... <coughs> excuse me. So I think under Mourinho, that front four... Uh, Canes are given anyway, but like, so let's say the other three. But they've really stepped up and, and you know, Ali's benefited, as I say, from from the position he's being played in. Um, but they've really stepped up and made those places their own. Um, and they're going to be very difficult to shift. Uh, Lacelso, can he play deeper as a kind of playmaker? I'm not sure. All the clips I've seen of him, it's it's dribbling and committing people, which is what Sun does. So, uh, not really sure. Lacelso could do that. He probably could, but whether he could do it effectively or not. And, you know, to hold hold the midfield like that, you you've really got to have a good engine, which I think is where Ndombele is struggling at the moment. He has got a good engine, but his fitness isn't up to par. So I think that's where he's struggling. Uh, Eriksson, he can play there, but he ne- really needs to play in the alley position behind the striker. Then he doesn't really go past the striker as much. So he was playing further back again at Man United when he came on dictating the play so he he's the one in the middle who's allowed the license to go forward dictate the play dictate the passing tempo and then the range of passing um but that's a Sissoko Winks and Dumbele position um I think Winks and Sissoko doesn't work certainly not in this system I think both of those are players that like to get the ball and drive forward which in that system you need one of them which is why Dyer is so crucial, I think. Uh, you need one to just sit, and the other one has licence to go forward. That's why, you know, either Wanyama or Dyer, and then Dembele worked so well. Dembele was allowed to go foot forward, but he didn't go too far forward. He skinned one person, or two maybe, got to the halfway line and just passed, and then he played it off to someone more creative, and then two people were out of the game. 
where Sissoko and Winks like to bomb forward. And if both of them are doing that and we lose the ball, we're completely open. So I think that's why Dyer has to play. There's rumours about getting Matic. I'm not happy about that. Like I don't know, it's only 15 million, but I, I think Dyer is a far, far better player and he's more versatile. He can slot into the defence. Um, but aside from the few chances that Burnley created, and in the second half, it was always going to happen with a 3-0 lead. You know, no need to kind of burn yourself out. But it's... Another nice goal um, from Kane as well. Good good advantage played by the referee there. Foul on Ali. So it's good advantage there. He could have easily blown up. Uh, and Sissoko scoring again. But that's what I mean. When you have that security there that he can go on those darting runs, that's where he's effective because he takes people out. He's so strong. And what he's now got to his game in, in about three weeks that he didn't have before, or what Mourinho has given it, is a bit of clinicalness and, and composure. Like passes it to Kane, carries his run on, knows Kane will find him and he's looking up. Beautiful pass from Kane. He doesn't even have to break his stride, Soko. And then what he I've never seen him do before, really, is show composure in front of goal, wait for the keeper to move and then just slots it underneath. So, yeah, another Lisa Life player there. And Sanchez, I think, deserves a mention. I'm a big fan of Sanchez. When he first came, he he, he let the ball bounce when it was played long, which is cardinal sin of defending. You learn that when you're four. Don't let the ball bounce. Um, but he's getting some game time now. He seems to be forming a partnership with um, Alaville. That seems to be their preferred back two. And uh, he's quick and strong, which... Vuitton, uh, Alaville is strong, but he's not quick. So Sanchez compliments him quite well there. And I, I think he's got a big future, Sanchez. He's had a little bit of a lack of um. Oh, what's the what's the word? Uh, confidence, I guess. Um, but now he's playing. He, he's playing well, I think. He he just needs it. He needs that 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 experienced defender to tell him where the line is and everything like that in terms of the defensive line. Um, so I think working with Alderweireld, I think he'll be our next big defender because he'll, he'll get that experience from uh, Alderweireld. And, yeah, I think um, Mourinho quite likes him. But I quite like him as well, so I'm pleased he's playing. Um, But, yeah, what I would say about that Burnley game is as good as it was, is where was that intensity and that attitude and that positiveness in the Man United game, which was completely polar opposite. It was like a different team. I understand that Man United... um, kind of stepped into us and, and closed us down which Burnley weren't doing but even then you, you know you can still pass the ball five metres you can still go toe to toe with that and close them down you know but yeah like, but if they just ignored Mourinho's tactics I think that raises a lot more questions than it does answers Um, but a sign of a good team as well they don't lose two in a row Alex Ferguson was a master at that you know they lose a game shock lose a game, they go and batter the next team. So it's completely out of their system. They don't lose two in a row, so a good response to a terrible loss. Hopefully we can go on another run in the league now and close that top four gap and then break into it. So the two types of Tottenham team there we've I've looked into and, and spoken about. So which one of those will turn up against Bayern Munich on Tuesday? 
a reserve team will be the answer. Um, Mourinho has already said Kane isn't playing, so hopefully that means Troy Parrott gets the game, which the word on him, a really nice touch for Mourinho to give him the match ball as a kind of memento of that should debut. So hopefully that's a sign of things to come, that he will be getting some game time. And I know it was only five minutes, which, I mean, he could have come on earlier. The game was done by half-time, you know, try and get him a goal. Um, so it would have been nice to see him get some more, but hopefully this means he'll get some game time. And I'd be quite annoyed if he doesn't get the full 90 minutes against Bayern. But it's, it's a perfect opportunity, this, because it, it's win-win. Like, even if we beat Bayern, we can only finish second. And, and you know, even if we lose, we can only finish second. So it's a perfect opportunity. Bayern, I'm sure, will do the same. But it's a perfect opportunity to put the fringe players in, to, you know, go and state your claim, why should you be playing? And and the, the, the younger players to get a bit of experience in the Champions League because they'll be the ones who, if we do qualify again and again and again, will be needing that experience to play and everything like that. So I'd be a li- little bit peeved if people like Sessignon... I'm not if Tank, not sure if Tanganja can play, but if he can, him. So setting you on Tanganja, skip Parrot to name four. If, if they don't play like the full ninety minutes, it, it's a bit of a wasted opportunity, I think. But he's already said that Kane isn't playing. I'd, I'd be extremely surprised if that means he's playing Sun up top in his own. So it has to be Parrot. But but Eriksson should get a game. Lo Celso should get a full ninety. Uh, Undombele should start and see how long he can last. Um, put maybe Vertonghen in with Sanchez. Or Foyth, maybe. Or would Foyth play it right? Yeah. Put Foyth in with Vertonghen. I'm not sure who would be left back. I think Davies is still injured. Although he could play Sessignon there. Um, and then, yeah, Walker-Peters get full 90 at right back. Uh, I'm not sure if Vorm is still injured. Um but even even then, someone like a Brandon Austin, give him a ninety minutes. Yeah. Although you you do want to be careful playing a really really um an experienced team. Uh, you don't want an absolute battering. You know their first taste of like a Champions League football get an absolute battering. So you do need a combination. But I'd be starting and playing Ericsson. I know that might be controversial to some, but you know you you, you want to. Go to one of these top teams. Let's see what you can do. Um, try and, you know, Parrot certainly, Sessignon certainly, either left back or, or, or further forward, probably further forward uh, with Lo Celso and then I'm not sure in the middle. I, I think um, Lamella is still injured. Uh, Winks and, and, and Dombele again, you've got the problem of one of them has to sit and one of them can't really go forward. Um, but again, it, 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 it's, it's like a friendly, essentially. So you experiment with a team and the system. So it, it's a it's a win-win there. So yeah, I'd, I'd be quite upset if um, that doesn't happen and he does play players that don't need to play. Like Ali doesn't need to play. Sun doesn't need to play. Yeah. Mora doesn't really get 90 minutes, so it might be worth giving him a full 90 but Celso certainly should play full 90. Undumbele as much as he can. Uh, Tanganja, if he can play. If he's registered, certainly. Foyth, certainly. And, yeah. 
and then just see what they can do, you know. I'm sure Bayern won't be playing Lewandowski and all of their top hitters because, again, they can only finish top, so there's no need. And, you know, both teams have got league work to attend to. Um, so, yeah, it could be anything this game. It could, it could go either way. It could Anything could happen because I don't think it would be the top top two teams playing. Um, but get them experience, hopefully, you know, good experience. Um, yeah, and then, and then the fringe players to show what they can do and try and state their claim to start a game. And that's about it for this week. Covered quite a lot this week. Um, my throat seems to have held up. I had a coughing fit a little earlier and <laughs> during different sections I've had a few coughing fits but it seems to be alright hopefully this cold will shift um, but there is something going around so I'm sure other people have got it as well so can't really complain um, but a good way to end the week with that, that demolition of uh, Burnley after a terrible terrible midweek game hopefully this midweek game will be better and then we can go and get in, on a run in the league uh, I'm not sure who it is next game, but it'll be away. But then it's a big game against Chelsea at home, which, you know, if we can keep within that six points or even closer and beat Chelsea, then, you know, top four really isn't within our grasp. But look, Liverpool win the league. If they don't, they deserve shooting and never win the league again. Leicester are really looking good for second or third. And then Man City are obviously a good team as well. They're just struggling a little bit at the moment. So I think the top three are pretty much set. And then it's a fight for fourth which we need to get with that stadium. We need to get. Um, but we're in a much better position than we were when uh, Mourinho took over. So let, let's hope we can uh, keep going and, and get on a run and then make that top four place ours. So till then, come on, you Spurs.